lose everyone. I'm back, baby. It's Jake C. Lee. I'm great. Everybody else sucks. Oh, huh. oh no. It's every nightmare I've ever had. Excuse me. It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy, huh? But, but it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really? No. Game on, everybody. It's all in sports. Uh, it's been a while, but it's been, it's been a while since I, you guys remember that. I'm, I'm gonna ask you when you come on if you remember that. You remember the band? Because I do remember the band because there was like three bands that were exactly the same when that came out. And I want to see if you guys know this. When I, guys I'm talking to will come on in a second. The guys I'm talking to is probably two of my favorite to have on together. Maybe not separately, but together all the time. And I love looking at their smiling faces while I'm saying this. Uh, for If you don't know, real quick, uh, the football draft kit 2.0 is out on the athletic website. So make sure you go over there. All in kid gets you 30% off. But yeah, whatever. You guys, so you know this, are the first ones to come on since I've had D'Angelo Williams on. So this is, this is a big honor. Wow. I just want you to know that. It is none other than Chris Welsh and Scott Bogman of Welsh and Bogman of In This League. Uh, two of my, like I said, two of my favorite people. I've been to Scott's house and on his bed. His air bed. Not in the same bed as him. <laughs> oh, man, what a line there. Cut it right there. I've been in his bed with him at night. We've had not relations. So. What's up, buddy? Why would, so why has nobody been on since D'Angelo? I've just been kind of hiatusing with the no sports, and it's a weird time, you know, just taking little breaks here and there. But so, do you remember who sang It's Been a While? Stained. It's there you been, go. Oh, yeah. Very good call. Stained. Do you remember the other two just like them? Oh, yes. Um, <sighs> one of them's what? super famous. Yeah. <sighs> who sang Down with the Sickness? No. That's Drowning no. Pool. Or no, not Down with Sickness. I was thinking well, that's the body set the floor. That's you know, Down with the, the Sickness Disturbed. Is it who's the singer of Stain? Because didn't that guy he's a country artist now, I think, too. Is that what he switched over to? Yeah, hold on. I need to find come on. Nickelback is the other one where they all sound exactly the same. No, they all sound these these three nickelback sound alike. Stain Aaron Lewis. Aaron Lewis. That's it. Aaron Lewis is now a country singer and he was the lead singer of Stain. I went through a stain phase like a (laughs) hundred percent. Like like was that after eating Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah yeah but i think mine was like a little elongated where i'm just you know like you're sitting in your car and when i was uh because i had i think this was like in high school and I, the one thing i got lucky about in high school is i was able to get like a mustang so i was driving around a mustang and you have the glasses on and you know, everyone else is like pumping rap and i'm just i'm the moody guy and i'm like it's been a while <laughs> since i've been rolling afraid in it's been a while come on there's one more I have no idea. Um, one word. I, I'm not a four, music guy. Stained. That's five like, letters. Stained will, that, will hold me for here, a year. I'll give you a giant hit. A tight end with four of the five letters in his last name just signed. Who's had a lot of concussions. Oh, well, you're talking about Jordan Reed, but. Um, Creed. Oh, Creed. I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I'm having a hard well, Okay, I guess they all kind of like if we were going to mimic what all of them sound like. Exactly. It starts, yeah, it starts with. Yeah, yeah. But I don't at all. What about Pearl Jam? Even Flow? No, 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 no. But I don't assume. That's like the only Pearl Jam song, though. It's like, I don't okay. put Creed with. Uh, or not Creed. I don't put Stained with Creed and Nickelback at all. Oh, is that what is I that do. where we're at with Stained? Are they? There? I I would. It's all. It's the. 
it's the oh, uh, unenunciated words where it's just if you like pulled up the lyrics, it would just be one giant word continuing to go on forever. Is Nickelback still doing music? Yeah. Do they do the music still? They did they do the music. Are they spinning the Spotify? I mean, because like Aaron Lewis, he's one of those guys. He actually reminds me of do you remember um oh damn, what was his name? The Whitey Ford guy, remember? The pitcher? I don't know what it's like <laughs> to lose. Oh da, 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 da. what was his um <laughs> it was the ballad of Whitey what Ford. Like? What? God, you guys suck. Whitey Scruggs? Ford. Um, you know, man, I don't know anything about music at all, so don't what ask. What is this me. guy's name? Uh, Everlast. Everlast. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. oh Everlast. E- Everlast. Thank you, Google. Yeah, thank you, Google and me. Everlast <laughs> is like stain to me because you get these like little hyped up singers for a period of time, and they both completely like change who they yeah, are. Yeah, no, I was sa- I was talking about the sound, the sound of the. No, times. you're right. I guess like because the Eric uh Schrody or whatever his name is, the Everlast guy, he's a country guy now. And then, so uh, I wasn't huge into that at the time. So like Everlast and Everclear, I used to like get those mixed up because I I was I was in my rap and hip hop phase. Yeah, I don't mess with Everclear anymore. I did that when <laughs> I was 21. The band is ever drink. clear to like clean stuff. Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about the drink. I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, that, the drink and the cleaning agent are the same thing. That, that's what I'm saying is you should be using that to clean stuff, not to drink. Okay, so <laughs> like, what? It, so okay, so let's go back to it though. Um, you took wait, a what break. We, when was D'Angelo? Why was when was the last episode? Uh good two, three, four weeks ago. Oh come on! What did you, As you what, tell? Was this uh, you exactly. ducking? Was this just an episode about you ducking D'Angelo for NBA Jam? No, which we like we finally did play and just destroyed that. Like it was your your favorite person. <laughs> Hitman of the footballers. Hey. <laughs> I forgot my line. What's my line? No, it's like you know Scott and, sure. and Chris Welsh. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, that's my line. Sure. That's my line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We we finally had time and played them two on two in NBA Jam. His boy Romeo, who's supposed to be really good, and we beat him like seventy to thirty and sixty. So what you and Hitman played yeah. uh D'Angelo? Yeah. In NBA how? Jam. How did you do it? Like online? No, the, if you buy the arcade cabinet, the the new one that they came out with NBA Jam, NBA Jam Tournament Edition and NBA Hang Time, they that's one of the first ones they've had where you can play online. Oh, you see, so you can like be standing in your room doing like the little joysticks and you can be yeah. playing people? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you, you didn't see you didn't see Jake point to it in his room. He's like, yeah, if you just go over there. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Just in there. That's it's where in it the darkness. <laughs> I would, I would, it's over in the abyss over there. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, that's good. So so essentially you beat him and then is that podcast uh, done now? He seems oh, no, no, no. He was on this podcast. Now he's no longer on this podcast ever again. No, no, he was just came on as one-time guest. I know, and I'm saying the other podcast you're doing because you beat him in NBA Jam. He's like, nah, I don't. No, no, no. We haven't done the we haven't done the D'Angelo podcast in like a good half a year, buddy. Well, come Come on, on. what's going on then? Come on, buddy. That one got scrapped. Okay. Mm. Well, I mean, I can't follow up. I I I want everyone to know before this started. I said, Jake. What show is this we're doing? What are we even doing? Like, he, Jake, we love Jake so much. If he says, Hey, will you podcast with us, uh, with me? And we're like, Of course, of course we will. But I have to know, I don't even know what we're doing because you do so many podcasts. You're an in demand guy. Got to keep up with uh, all the things you got going on. I don't even know what we're doing <laughs> at this we've point. We're talking about Aaron Lewis and Whitey Ford. I know we're talking about terrible bands that can't enunciate words. Uh, pound. <laughs> we should do the entire episode like that. Who want to think about your fresh rare? Let's talk about Clyde Edwards a little. 
Yeah, there you go. So in the first that's what round. We're, we're supposed Sorry. to be talking about the flex draft that you guys were in that you complain about being on the same team as because I you know just, well you you found saw you a live spot. and in person why it doesn't work as well as it yeah. possibly could. I think Andy Barron's put it uh the best where he <laughs> I don't, somebody said they liked our draft and Andy Barron's. Uh, yeah, well, no, Andy didn't say he liked it. I don't think Andy would give us that type of credit. I'm not <laughs> no, saying he, he liked the fact. Yeah, he no, I was I thought you were saying he enjoyed your draft the most. He enjoyed you guys the most. Yeah, I, I mean, most people well, did. I mean, anybody was look on the live stream. I don't know everybody that was super super talkative in there. So I think we uh, we might have dominated some of that. But somebody, some random person on your tweet had said like, uh, "Oh, uh, you know, Welsh Bogman's team was in their top three. And I'm looking for the tweet. Andy was essentially like, it, you know, they never agreed on a single pick. And then the first pick they agreed on, they both didn't like. It was incredible to watch. <laughs> that was what Andy said about <laughs> us. And I was like, it's a microcosm See? of our friendship, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait, don't you don't like anything. each other secretly? No, we no. just argue and bicker. And then like, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it's good. I think, I mean, I know we'll talk about it. Like what we ended up doing, it was kind of a balance between, you know, bo either one of us being able to go full in, like full Bogman or full Welsh. Like All I in. subdued some things he would have wanted to do. And, you know, he got like, there's clear picks you can see in there that are uh, Bogman picks. And then you can see probably me deviating away from him. Yeah, the and best part was the Welsh having to separate distance himself from some of my favorite players uh, in the room, too. He had to do it. He was yeah. like, okay, just so everybody knows, this is the guy that Bogman wants <laughs> Heads here. Up. It was really Welsh. <laughs> it was the fifth round pick. Specifically, the fifth round pick was the one I was most like, like yeah just it's it's rough it's rough and i and i because i would have done some stuff and i will talk about it here i would have done just if it was me my second to third round would have been different than what we did so it would have changed what i would have done into the fourth and fifth so that's where right. like things it's got altered water, yeah but. a little waterfall effect type of situation yeah. so but it was I interesting mean, in that super flex well let's let's uh, that's and so let's talk about it. so for everybody out there that doesn't know you guys were part of the Superflex, which is what we've been encouraging and i say we as in like the industry i'm encouraging everybody to play is Superflex because it brings value back to the quarterback position and that's what we want to do we're basically trying to tell you guys enough with the you know going hit and miss every single week with the quarterback off the waiver wire because you can and nobody ever drafts the 16th 18th 20th quarterback that ends up finishing top 10 so in any case to that point you guys at number two, number two, are you, are you shaking your head already because you don't like this no. pick? Or are you shaking because no. you have to do more laps? No, but Bogman yeah. isn't yeah. able to just focus on the one thing that we're doing. He's also <laughs> has games on that he has to react to. That it's it's a it's a tick. Jake, it's a am tick I allowed in to cuss in your podcast or no? Uh, you can because they'll just say pork chop sandwiches when you do. It, it, it don't. It's just he he's upset about uh, the Diamondbacks yeah. and like, yeah, like I saying. said, our... like we've we've literally had moments in podcasts where it's like, all right, we're what gonna do this. pork chop sandwiches, Dad. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm watching the <laughs> game. All right, well, so you just you well, don't have two. the ability to compartmentalize. You can't compartmentalize. You are. Yeah, well, I have the game on. I'm sorry. Right. I got it on too. And look at me. I'm a, I'm a silent. Oh, well, you're a professional professional. Everyone hire the Welsh. You know, everyone hire the Welsh for everything and ignore me i don't care <laughs> sick of hearing this it's the third time this week I i've heard this crap from welsh and it's tuesday oh my gosh see look this is what you guys are missing out by not listening yep. to you in this, this is how out. our draft went too by the yeah. way what a, what a miss they're missing out on what awesome podcasting that is right there <laughs> i mean i'm doing the draft as it is and i, I mean come on come yeah on, yeah Scott. see he's fine you suck yeah okay i suck <laughs> So your first pick, we get back to that Lamar Jackson. Yes. Was that so? Were you in sync on that one? Was that right out the gate? I mean, because you had yeah. 
so two parts is were you on the same page, but also at 102, even in a super flex, uh, it's very rare you even see a quote unquote expert league, which we always hate using that word, but it's still at the same time. You do really rarely see a quarterback go before the big quote unquote four running backs. Yes, we were we were in sync on that. The Welsh uh, and I actually talked before uh, the the draft started for like a good thirty minutes to get our first couple of pick strategy down, uh, just so we wouldn't have to argue about that on the fly, like maybe some other picks. But this was, uh, you know, being on the end for that was was pretty good too because we could uh, chat in the uh, you know the little private chat on Zoom during the call uh, about our picks too when we were doing it, but. Uh, basically, it's just, you know, if you're looking at the math of it, it and nothing is sitting here saying that these guys are going to put up the numbers that they did last year. But Christian right. McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson are just so much that they just scored so many more points than anybody last year and at their positions that the difference is so huge, especially when you're taking, uh, you know, two quarterbacks here. So Lamar was our, our number one option and CMC was our number two option. And uh, CMC went one, so we went with uh, Lamar at 102. So do you want to expound on that, Chris, or do you want me to toss the second question to you, kind of? No, I mean, it was like that was – we had this big debate about if uh, Lamar went one. I wanted McCaffrey at two, and it was debating about, like, you know, would we go with Mahomes? But it was just – you know, those two are just so ridiculously more valuable uh, than the next player, even if you built in, like – you could build in like 20% regression on both of those guys, and they're still just easily at the top. Plus also, you know, if you do your homework and you look at the players that can come back on uh, the back end, you can start playing a game of like, you know, what do you like at the, you know, if you were to get lucky. A hindsight here, by the way, you know, had Lamar gone one and Christian McCaffrey would have been two, and if let's say Bogman would have said, we're going Mahomes, it would have hurt to see um, the set, the guy, the quarterback we got in the second round come there and then go, yeah. Oh my God, we could have had, because that's a game all plays. It's like, you know, what are the scenarios I can have this quarterback and these two guys or this running back and these two guys. Um, it was always going to be McCaffrey or Lamar though. And that's what the agreement that we had at. It was one of those two guys, even though, like you said, you know, mostly you want to take those high end running backs. And one of the elite quarterbacks in my eyes did fall back. We just didn't want to fall behind the eight ball on the elite quarterback range. And, you know, there's a part of me also that was almost willing to move away from quarterback in the second round because I felt that there was going to be some really good value in the fourth and fifth rounds, knowing the people you're drafting against, knowing that quarterbacks, even in this super flex, were going to slip just a tiny bit. So we, we were pretty, uh, you know, we were pretty in sync there. Yeah, so when you, you just mentioned kind of two things I want to touch on. Uh, one is, so you took Russell Wilson in the second round. Um, so this is going to kind of be a multi-part question for you guys because taking him in the second round, was that part of the thought process going in or was that because of what was on the board? And then two, I know you weren't in this position, but taking the quarterback in the first round because a lot of people are trying to learn Superflex. So that's why I'm throwing kind of a lot at you with this. Yeah. Uh, if you guys were down around nine or ten, and the board fell like it did, would you have gone Murray or Prescott in the first round, or would you just have waited and started completely different? I'll just throw in real quick on let Bogman talk about nine or 10 or whatever, but I will say that we were sniped uh, right in front of us by Matt because Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs was the pick. He was yeah. 100 We had been texting about it, and he was 100% the pick because we had talked about this. This was our pre, you know, this is our prep conversation was like, we can go quarterback 
then coming back, if one of the elite running backs happen, happens to fall, we were hoping an Eckler, uh, Josh Jacobs wasn't even really in the conversation. If he was there, then coming back in the third round, we can go with either if the good quarterback is there or, you know, I don't want to jump the shark on the third round pick because this was, this was kind of Bogman's plan the whole time, the guy we took in the third round. So we had a backup plan for the third round. So like we were, we were anxiously waiting. We're like, all right, Jacobs is there. Jacobs is there. That was the guy. But the other part of the conversation was that we only valued, at least for me, because I pushed back against Watson, we valued that Dak, Kyler, and Russell were the cream of the crop of the left, uh, the, the leftover quarterbacks in the second round. So if there wasn't one of those elite running backs, we would scoop up that other quarterback and then we would just start tackling running back. And that's essentially what we did. Now, if we were in a different draft position, that would have probably, this whole thing would have probably been a whole nother ballgame. Uh, as far as the 9 10 turn goes, I would, I would really like to, I want quarterbacks in a super flex. So I would at least want one. So if a really good running back fell, uh, you know, because of the scarcity of RBs, I think you, you still have to take one within at least your first three picks. So uh, it probably would have ended up going one running back and one quarterback because, you know, uh, with so many quarterbacks going, some running backs do slip and they fall through the cracks right. a little bit. So you can still get one a little bit later than you would in a normal draft. Uh, but I want, I really, really love in a super flex to get one of those top end quarterbacks who can make a difference. It's not, it doesn't always work out that they are the biggest point difference. You know, like a lot of projections don't have Lamar anywhere close to where he was last year. And a lot of them don't have uh, Christian McCaffrey where he was last year. And we saw Mahomes take a dip from 2018 to 2019. A lot of that was due to injury stuff though. So just, it's just those guys can provide you so much. You know, if you have a running back go down, they're already making that, that gap smaller because the gap between what Lamar did and what Patrick Mahomes did last year was about a touchdown a game, a little more right. than that, actually. So. I see, and that's why I, the reason I ask is because I differ just a little bit on that. And just, you know, this is going to just basically be how you like to construct your roster for everybody out there. Uh, and the reason is because I'm in that draft I was telling you guys about, which is a super flex. And it's a best ball super flex. I have the 11th pick. And with the 11th pick, I didn't take it. So obviously, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson went in the first round. I took Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb at 11, first and second round. And Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson, Kyle Murray, Russell Wilson went before I even got back to the third. But what I like to do in super flex is to what you said. Like if I'm anywhere after the first three picks, like I would even take Lamar, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes over Kamara just because I feel like Kamara is very touchdown skewed. And we just saw that last year, despite that right. he's in a great situation, but we saw that didn't matter. And, you know, some, you know, he was hurt, whatever, sidebar on that. But if I don't get <laughs> Mahomes or Jackson, I'm going to do what I did in this draft. And what ended up happening is down in the five, six turn, almost the turn, because I, I was the 11th pick, I double tapped there. And I got two right. fringy QB ones, in my opinion. And I got Drew Brees and Daniel Jones. So I've got the Drew Brees of the world. And then I've got the way that I keep calling the Jameis Winston of this year. I would have probably, if I were at like nine or 10, I would have probably done something similar if it were just my team. I would have been prone to go two running back. But where you say you might take like, you know, like whatever, four or five, you're saying like a Drew Brees, I probably would be going RB one and two. And then I would be looking pretty heavily at the quarterbacks three, four. And in that scenario, 
like I would have made it a priority to be like, all right, I want to get, you know, Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan, you know, maybe with my fourth round pick, I would have taken Matt Ryan in the fifth round. I would have prioritized getting like uh, even a Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers or something like that. So if I, if I were down and it were just my team, I would have two quarterbacks in the top six rounds, no doubt, probably top five, but it's such a good running back situation. Like, like you're saying where you were at, I probably would have done something similar like Drake Sanders, okay. Mixon, Sanders, something like that. It, it's it's a weird art. Flex. Here's my one more question for you is if you're in a super flex, you're feeling in need on getting a third quarterback because I've kind of gone and this is a best ball. Maybe I'm an idiot for it, but I've kind of gone with the whole, you know what? If I lose one of my quarterbacks and I do get two in the top 12, I usually try to get two in the top 15 because, I mean, if we're talking about nitpicking 12 through 15, you just mentioned Stafford, Breeze, Daniel Jones. They're all, they're all in that group. Uh, if I get two of those, if I get two in the top 15, I'm just like, you know what? Fine. I don't need a third because what am I getting the third for two games? And if I lose one of my other quarterbacks and I'm dropping down to Sam Darnold, I'm kind of losing anyway. Like, and that's my point is my problem is that the reason I don't ever usually get a third quarterback is because they're going in the eighth or the ninth round and I'm not paying eighth or ninth round with what I need at wide receiver or running back or even tight end to go take freaking Tua and hope he starts or take Sam Darnold or take Tyrod Taylor and hope he doesn't Tua lose his in job. The 11th though, Jake, would that be okay? Instead of, the I eighth. still, I still, I don't think I don't, it would depend on the board. I probably still wouldn't do it. But I, the reason I said, this I mean, did I'm you point at, out to it because that's exactly who we took or no, or no, you just, or you went just in, making he, Okay. Okay. Cause he went in the ninth round of this. One. I just need he to know to, how insulted to be. That's all. Uh, so. Always extremely on this show. Okay. All right. Okay. hundred percent. Just so I know. But that's the point. So do you, I guess you like having a third because I generally don't have a third and I know that's risky, especially this year, but it's the same thing as the tight end. I had two top 12 tight ends. I don't take a third because I took two. Yeah, I, I like I like having uh, a third, and we got a fourth quarterback just because Haskins fell, uh, and we had a bye week I was issue surprised by that. at some point. Uh, but um, but yeah, I like having a third because you know, a quarterback gets hurt, or um, you know a, a quarterback has rough matchups or whatever, and you can play a different one. It, it just having that extra quarterback. They score, even when they don't score great, they score so much more than wide receivers or running backs in general. If they just have a decent game, you know, I'm talking 250 yards and two scores usually outpaces anything, uh, you know, a running back is going to do for the most part. So just having a quarterback in that extra flex spot gives you, you know, it, it you can take risks on starting your third wide out, uh, a tight end against a bad matchup. Maybe you got a running back against a bad matchup, you know, it, it takes the risk out of other positions because you're going to make up with a quarterback. So I'm all for having at least three quarterbacks on my roster. Yeah, I am too. And I, w- I personally, like if, if this were just me, I would have prioritized something we didn't agree on. Well, we kind of did because it ended up being the running back I wanted, but in the the ninth round, we'd already had, you know, mm-hmm. essentially all our starters. There were quarterbacks there that I, I get the points of what uh, everything we're talking about here, but like to think that you could do a couple things here. In the ninth round, when you've already got all your wide receiver starters, you've got your running backs, you've got two quarterbacks, and think of the talent that's been dropping. I mean, just for you know, instance here, guys like Kerryon Johnson, Zach Moss, I know talent, quote mark, whatever. You know, <laughs> those guys are available in the 11th round. John Brown, CeeDee Lamb, Deontay yeah. Johnson, they're going in the 10th round. What I would have preferred to do is actually get, it, get what I consider 
if we wanted to talk with our, our buddy, uh, Joe Pizzapia, you want to talk about RPV and like, you know, value of what a QB three would be. How about an elite QB three in Phillip rivers? And he would have been available because a you're giving yourself a third, really, really good super flex option. And B you're also taking it off of the uh, plate of other people that would be starting Philip Rivers. Ray Flowers took Philip Rivers in the ninth round as his second quarterback. Yeah. We had an opportunity to have, we could have taken him in the ninth round as our third quarterback to back up the insane cost we paid on two high guys. And then guess what? In the 10th and 11th round, we got Keyshawn Vaughn in the 10th. We could have had a shot at like a Zach Moss, a Tevin Coleman, or something like that as our fifth running back. So I would have prioritized a little bit more, but you know, we were a little bit worried. We had a lot of injury risk on the running back position, so we ended up going James White in the ninth. But I would probably, as much as like I think Bogman prioritizes high-end quarterbacks and super flex early, yeah. I would prioritize having three and I would probably pay a little bit more for that third for a multitude of reasons, covering my own, you know, my own self. And you kind of take it away from the market. And I don't think I'm really taking too, like an insane thing away from my construction of my roster when I do it. That's yeah, fair. The only problem I have with that is, the, I mean, it's the wrong quarterback. It's Gardner Minshew should have been your pick. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I was just using it because he was the first quarterback <laughs> that was after there. I absolutely would not have been Gardner Minshew, by the way, but it would maybe Drew Locke or Derek Carr or something like that. Okay, uh, but it wouldn't have been Gardner Minshew. But whatever, any of those guys, it would make you feel better. So is uh, a dollar still worth a dollar in Arizona? Because we'll put a dollar bet on it. I don't know. It's like the exchange rate out there. Weird for you desert people. Well, as, as long as long as there's no time change, we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no time. What, what, dollar bet. Minshew over pick one of those quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll do Rivers. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And we thought, like, to be fair, where James White went, and that was the Welsh's uh, guy, so I don't know what he's complaining about, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but, uh, but J- James White... Um, when where he went, there were so many good options still at quarterback, and they all went before our next pick. So you know, James White went, and then um, we had Rivers, Locke, Darnold, uh, Minshew, Carr, Teddy B. They were all in there, and we thought one of them's going to fall back to us, and they didn't. So we were kind of stuck uh, deciding between Haskins and Tua. That was like our one not panic pick, but the one that we use most of our clock on. And we wound up taking Tua because I think both of our bye weeks are fairly late in the year too. But then Haskins fell back two rounds after that. No quarterback went after we took, um, I believe, no quarter. Yeah, after we took, it was just Ryan Fitzpatrick was the only other quarterback that went. Uh, and then we took Haskins. So that was, that, that own- kind of all worked out for us. So I think this is the, this one I was telling you about, the one I just did while we we're recording this, the the super flex I'm in is I think it's the first super flex I've been in where Haskins hasn't been my third quarterback just because I'm taking oh, him really? all the time. I just, yeah. I don't understand. Like people, it, the jokes aside about the dollar bet on Minshew is everybody wants to attack terrible defenses. And if you're talking about a team that should be passing due to their secondary and you know, yeah, they're second, you know, receivers are definitely as questionable as green Bay's, but maybe even more. So if you talk about no Devonte Adams, this is still, I mean, like <laughs> if I told you, realistically like if i threw out we'll say over under 4000.5 yards and 26 and a half touchdowns for Dwayne Haskins under on both yeah i'm probably go under like thir- i don't know 38 and 22 or something like that, that. 37 actually and 22. Be pretty good the front 7 is the back 
the back end. Well, the front the back seven end makes reason. the back end better. He's so. just dicey yeah, we'll to bet on. By the way, we'll I want to point it out, is, it is. we were going to draft him in the 11th uh, where we took Tua, but the what the bye week that's being talked about here is he had a bye week of one of the quarterbacks we already had. I think he shares a bye week with Lamar, so that right. was why it pivoted to Tua, and then all of a sudden Haskins is there two rounds later when we almost took it, and then who cared about that bye week at that point? Because you had four and I didn't, And I didn't believe, you know, our, our buddy Joe has been sticking on uh, Tua's going to start uh, more games than Fitzpatrick, and I really didn't think I'll so. But then, but then all of the you know Brian Flores open competition and all that stuff, and and Tua is like the one guy that's been anchored in on all of the uh, you know getting his playbook early and, and you know all, all that stuff. They say he's studying like a madman. So uh, you know I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that Tua starts very very early in the season. Yeah, I, but I I take the bet against it for two reasons because I think we're all in agreement that he's probably not starting week one. Probably so, not. No. Yeah. So you need two things to happen. You have to have Fitzpatrick either needs to bomb consecutive weeks, which is feasible for Fitzpatrick. But the other side of it is like, they have to be out of playoff contention. Like I think even if Fitzpatrick is playing decent, well, the good thing is, is that they're already out of playoff contention. No, so not this nice. year. This year <laughs> that the divisions it's open. Now it's open season for that division. Uh, I don't Look, think so. If they're 500 and Fitzpatrick's not turning the ball over three times a game, I just don't know if they make that switch. That that's true, and I think they have a late bye week too. I think their bye is. Uh, are you looking at it, Welsh? Is it like week eleven or something for the Dolphins? There's like um, eighty. Teams no, and they they're and week like six or something. No, it's Haskins. And, oh, it's early. Haskins and Lamar are both on week eleven, and that was our issue. Tua didn't hit any of the others, so you know we put ourselves in a situation where we have two quarterbacks that are on a bye in week eleven. So we just need Tua to be starting by week 11. And we're right. we're, good. Okay. we're good to go. Good. So we well, bought we ourselves 11 three weeks. on top of that. All right. Talked about enough quarterbacks. Uh, this is to try <laughs> and help. No, I mean, like, this is big, though. This is big for yeah. being in the super flex, and that's the important side of it. Uh, I do want to talk about one player, which of all the drafts, of all the drafts we've been in so far, and I say all the, the flex drafts, is we had five drafts. This is the only one where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire lasted to 110. He went 105, 104, 106. 106 in the other Superflex, mind you. So that's, that's how early he went in that one. And then in the auction, he essentially went as a top six pick because he was $51, a dollar more than Alvin Kamara. So, God. Yes, I, I think so I know your answer. Ridiculous. I can't tell because Chris has his poker face on. It might just because he's hot and miserable because his AC broke today. But... <laughs> It's funny. Like I say this because I actually made this comment in my rankings because somebody asked me about it. And I said, it's funny that I've gone from the guy who was way too high on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, having him as a top 10 running back before the Damian Williams news, to now the guy who is saying he's way overdrafted because he's creeping into the top five. Like I, really? I swung from being on the, the one <laughs> side to the other because it's gone crazy. And the fact is we still me, view you as the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire guy. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. We that. thought you were going to move him to 1-1. One, one. Oh, when, uh, I mean, Williams no, it's he's negative 103. Like, you, you have to start a draft before you can get in there. It's like the pre-draft. <laughs> <laughs> but while you talk and I walk away to take Barkley out because I think she went into the darkness, um, so let me make sure she's not going to pee on the carpet. You guys tell me your thoughts on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and this whole... I, honestly, it's gone too far, has it not? Well, I mean, we, I mean, yeah, we, we agree that it's been like that for sure. It was funny. I, I mean, I, I got a good laugh and watching him fall in this draft, but I don't know. This is, I mean, this is only one that came remotely close to like value. I just can't, 
I, I just can't fully fathom you know, the, the, it's, it's about return value. It's not even just about return value. That was the yeah. initial thing that was always our argument was like, all right, well, you know, you're taking him at one seven. I get he's more talented than Damian Williams, but regardless of the point, he's still got competition in front of him that you're stripping out the upside. And of course the floor now that's taken away and there's tons of upside in Kansas city's offense. So you're not necessarily like, Hey, where is the upside? You don't even think about that. You're just thinking, can he live up? And is there a proper floor? And it's a rookie, and I don't know if there's a proper floor. And what if they bring somebody else in? So, yeah, it just it's it's hard to stomach of him going ahead of like Derrick Henry, you know. And I know Edwards Lair is going to catch a bunch of balls, but Derrick Henry, you know, fourteen hundred and whatever yards on the ground, or fifteen hundred whatever, lead the league in rushing yards, tons of touchdowns. He's the force of the offense. Yeah. It just it's still a weird play to me, regardless of the format, if it's PPR or half PPR, it doesn't matter. And um, you know, I, I wouldn't have taken with my top eight, and we're probably ITL will probably be, you know on that the outliers of the the chaos that it is you won't own him anywhere probably not no i i won't own him anywhere either and and you know the welsh made the the great point when we started talking about clyde edwards alaire uh you know early early in the process here like right after he went to the chiefs it's if you take him in the first round you're stripping all the value out of him now first round picks are not really about value they're about getting as many points as you possibly can with that first pick, if you think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to get you those points, then take him in the first round. I, I agree with that. I just don't think that he's guaranteed. And everyone else that we've seen in the first round has put together, you know, at least a half of a really good season. I know Kenyon Drake is creeping in the first round now. We <sighs> haven't seen him do it for a full year or anything. But he looked really good in Arizona. I know, Jake, you've made the point. You made it on our show, too, about, you know, it was really two giant Three. games. Uh, three giant games in Arizona of the, how many? Do you remember the percentage? Uh, yeah. I, was it something like 60% of his value was yeah, from 66 percent. Yeah. So you, I know you've made that point and everything, but uh, we've seen him at least on an NFL field with the team he's going to play with this year, be very, very productive right. for a stretch of games. We haven't seen Clyde Edwards Alaire do that. He was a, he was thought of as a guy that might get picked up after the draft before the 2019 season with Joe Burrow and Joe Brady and everything at, at LSU exploding like it is. And he's great. He's a real good running back. He really put it together this last year at LSU, but he's got competition. He's got Andy Reid there, who is a guy that historically doesn't really like to go with one back. Now he's way better than anybody else on the roster right now, but it's also rookie year with no rookie minicamp, no OTAs, yep. no preseason games. So it's tough for me to put that type of an investment on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I would take him at the bottom of the second, early third, and he'll never fall there. So No, I'll take him. I will take him over Drake. I, I have huge doubts about Drake. Is I'll he take still Chris seven Clark. for you overall? At, at running back, not overall. At running back, okay. Right. I still, oh, okay, I was, okay. I was still take, yeah, Welsh brought him up. I still take Derrick Henry. And I am one of the most... I would say conservative out there on Derrick Henry because I've never been a huge Derrick Henry fan because exactly what he is, you know, like it's not, and I, I hate to play the injury game, but when you're that upright and just the pounding that he takes 400 touches, it's just, I, I am terrified of what, you know, is going to happen of him for a full, I don't know that we ever get a full season at this point. We didn't even get one last year. You know, it's one game, but it's one game and he was great value. It's just, 
I'm, I'm saying all that to say, even as with all the hesitation, <laughs> he's, he still has a 20 point gap. 20 even points. though you hate Derrick Henry, you'll still yeah. take him over Clyde Edwards. And that's weird. That's basically. weird hearing you say that because like, I mean, this was the week where like Matthew Barry is crediting you as the Clyde Edwards Alaire guy and everybody else <laughs> is on the train now and you're getting like all the national coverage of it. And then you're just like, eh, you know, now I don't know if I really want him as high as no, no, no. I still want him at seven. I just, I've always had him at seven. I just, I'm still not going to go where he's like, there's no way I'm taking him over Camara. There's no way I'm taking, there's no way I'm taking Camara over cook, which I'm the kind of the cook guy too, because I don't know. I'm the, apparently the, the most confident that he should be number four. But in any case, point being, I'm taking those six running backs. I'm taking them every single time. And then I'll lead off with Edwards Hilaire. But to your point, Scott, like I at least think, even though that's where I would take Hilaire, I think there's a conversation of Edwards Hilaire and Miles Sanders and Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler. Like, if you told me you want one of those guys, I want to be like, no, you're out of your damn mind. Right. Like, and I think that's the problem is now he's moved away from those guys and people are putting him in that top tier. And they're not just putting him in that top tier. They're putting him in a tier and kicking Derrick Henry to the side. Yeah, it's just too much. And look, it is like in all, you know, outcomes that are possible. He could easily be, you know, the next Saquon, the next CMC, something like that. He has that that skill. And, you know, I don't think he's as skilled as those guys, but he's playing in the best offense in football because of Patrick Mahomes, you know. And so they're going to score a ton of points. Their defense is still pretty crappy. So they're going to give up a bunch of points and have to score, you know, and match teams a lot. So, you know, he he's on a team that is going to have an incredible amount of offensive production. So to see him land as a top five RB would not be that surprising. It's just, we haven't seen him do it. So right. I'm not going and to he's gonna invest. Have to do it like the, he's going to have to do the Jamal pick. Charles, the 15 to 18 touches a week. He's never going to be 20 carries, 20 plus yeah. touches week in and week out, which is fine. Austin Eckler just proved you don't have to do that either, but it's a lot. To, that's not the commonality. Like the reason we want, Cook. The reason we want Zeke and Barkley and McCaffrey and even Kamara is because they near or get 20 touches every single week. And that's the trust factor there. And that's actually some of the concerns that I don't, but some people have with Nick Chubb is that can, can Kareem Hunt's going to take so much away from him, quote unquote. I want to ask you, who's, whose decision was the fourth rounder? That's what I want. Uh, I don't even remember. Who did we take? In that the was Jonathan round? Taylor. That was kind of a, a combined. I really liked uh, Melvin Gordon. Well, hold uh, Hold on, he went, oh, Melvin Gordon went one pick before him. Yeah, but I just want to talk about Jonathan Taylor as a whole for a second here because okay, uh, so he's similar to Clyde Edwards-Helaire, he gets the rookie argument. Oh, we haven't seen it yet. Which you know, I know that you're not saying that as like the reason to not like Edwards-Helaire because every single year we've never seen a rookie play in the NFL. Right, what right. a fun of 255 picks they've never played in the NFL every single year. So that put aside. The recent talk that the coach, the staff, everybody still likes Marlon Mack. Naeem Hines is going to be the pass catcher. Jonathan Taylor, hands concerns. I'm throwing out stuff that I don't necessarily believe, but these are the, the counterpoints to people pushing against Jonathan Taylor. What made you guys confident in taking Jonathan Taylor before the end of the fourth round when there's a lot, of, like I said, there's a lot of conversation that it might not be his backfield to the middle of the season if his backfield at all. I don't think there was necessarily confidence because there's a couple of things. It's interesting you went to this because what I was going to say before with like the Clyde Edwards-Alaire situation is what's so, what's so weird is about where you take your shot because, you know, you can get 
a lockdown, you know what you're getting out of a first round player in Derrick Henry, let's just say for argument, and then you can take your shot on Jonathan Taylor and how far off from a talent to opportunity is Jonathan Taylor from Clyde Edwards Alaire. Well, if you buy into what the Colts are, you know, spewing right now, maybe you think it's a lot bigger, but where would you rather take your shot? Would you rather have Derrick Henry and uh, Jonathan Taylor, or would you rather have Clyde Edwards Alaire? And then maybe you're picking up a Melvin Gordon or a Chris Carson, or maybe it's a little further down. David now, maybe, Montgomery. David Montgomery. And maybe Ugh. people answer with the David Montgomery and, and they want the Edwards Alaire. That's, that's, that's fine. I just think if I'm going to take that first round bet, I think I can, I can, have my cake and eat it too. I can get my safety option and then I can take my mm. shot with a guy like Jonathan hey. Taylor. But <laughs> I would say what, what was difficult for us in the fourth was we weren't agreeing and like we, we wanted running backs. What I wanted to do was go Melvin Gordon and then come back and then hope Jonathan Taylor. Like if, if, if a perfect scenario for me would have been that would have been Melvin Gordon and then come back with Jonathan Taylor Bogman wanted Le'Veon Bell pretty bad, but if you take Jonathan Taylor, you're assuring yourself that, hey, if Le'Veon Bell goes, then you can take Gordon or Lev Bell's coming back on the back end. Right. So it was him conceding to me being me liking Jonathan Taylor and him not being into Melvin Gordon and then him getting his guy in the fifth round. I mean, that's right. the best way I can associate it. Well, also, I think we took a swing here, like, like the Welsh said. This is exactly what it was. And in a, league, in a super flex league where you can play two quarterbacks, when you have two top five quarterbacks, you're afforded swing-taking ability here. And that's kind of what we did with Jonathan Taylor. And I think Jonathan Taylor is probably you know, the best pure RB in the draft. And um, Marlon Mack is a lot better than I gave him credit for coming out of college because I kind of called him a jag. Um, you know, he's kind of a plotter. I'm not really the biggest Marlon Mack fan. Jonathan Taylor is so much better than Marlon Mack and it's going to be so obvious so he's a quickly freaking tank that ran track yeah, yeah he it's going to be so obvious so quickly that I don't see how Jonathan Taylor doesn't get this job early enough in the season maybe it's not you know 30 carries not going to get Derrick Henry work immediately it took Derrick Henry a long time to get to where he is but he is going to get work early and often and the deeper in the season the more carries I expect Jonathan Taylor to do, get do you guys remember Hummers Hummers, yeah. Now, like, it's for everybody out there. Listen, like, take a Hummer and then put like a Lamborghini powerful type engine in it, and that's Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> like, like the old really school good. Hummer, like the like the, the, the giant ass yellow ones. <laughs> like, well, but seven, there's like seven the miles ones. per gallon one. Yeah, there's those yeah. new ones, and then there's the ones that look like the army ones. The army ones are the cool ones. Well, yeah, the army ones that like yeah, those were 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 those like you had to get them converted to be street legal before they became popular. Because that's what happened mm -hmm. is people started driving the army ones and then they became popular. And then remember the H3s, the little, like, they tried to make the smaller version one. That's what, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> the H3 was like, yeah, that was like the newer, smaller one. Yeah. Compared to the Did cool you ever one. see the episode of South Park where the guy's starting to sell the Hummers and it's like a giant lot? Yeah. And he yeah, can't just... move a single one. Oh, them. hey, guys, come on in. <laughs> We're having a special today. <laughs> it's wind blowing leaves yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Oh, so I'm with you on that. And actually, the one thing uh, I actually asked Jonathan Taylor at the combine, I said, what's your most underrated skill set? And he said he hates the fact that people assume he's coming from Wisconsin and can't catch passes. So just because he hasn't caught them because they don't throw them that much. And I think he right. caught more than any other uh, Wisconsin back in recent memory. That, I, that And I that's 100 percent true. Now, of course, he's not Austin Eckler, but he's definitely not Derrick Henry. So like, let's be realistic about it. All right. So. 
I want to ask about your wide receivers because despite not taking your first wide receiver till round six, your top four, because for everybody, this is also two flex spots. So you have at this point five running backs, two wide receivers, but your top four are McLaurin, Diggs, Edelman, and Shepard. Everybody out there is listening. There's a very similar style of these guys. Was that like, did that just fall that way? Did you not even notice that until I said it? Or was that like something you guys were Because th- this is a half point PPR too. It's not even full point PPR, but yeah. you've got volume guys. And it was, that, was that kind of your thought process when you went so heavy at running back and quarterback to start? I think it were just, these were the top of the guy. I don't think it was like there was this perfect calculated plan where it was like, we're going to get McLaurin and Diggs. I mean, I wanted Edelman really bad. And he was kind of always in my sights of like, the late knowing knowing that we were going we weren't going to take a wide receiver till the sixth round like we knew that coming in that this was the plan and um i was hoping edelman was going to be a part of it but it just best case scenario i think coming into the sixth round metcalf was at the top of our board and allen and they both went boom boom so mclaurin was just the next guy i was actually surprised that bogman wanted digs and then uh, not that I didn't want him. I, you know, I, I'm in for that play. It's just, you know, Buffalo and, you know, how they're going to be passing the ball and what type of volume. But in the seventh round, it was, uh, it just made so much sense. And then coming back around, I don't know, man. You know, I, I know there's a lot of question marks with the Patriots and what they're going to obviously do with either Cam or Stidham. And where does a guy like Julian Edelman fully sit? But Edelman, like you said, he's a full volume guy. And we saw Landry with his stuff go before. Fuller, Marquise Brown. I, I was just happy in this format as a third wideout in the what was that the eighth round to pick up Julian Edelman to go with those guys. It, it, it's I love exactly how Shepherd I wanted to 12. construct it, and that was I mean, and I said it on the stream as we were going. I, <laughs> I wanted Shepard in a spot, but we went a different way, and then we he lasted the entire way back, and I was ecstatic that he came back because it's a great play. I have him much higher than most. Yeah, for what we did, starting out two quarterbacks and three straight. RBs, I really, really love our wideouts. Terry McLaurin, you know, if if Dwayne Haskins hits that number that that you gave, Jake, uh, McLaurin is going to have a gigantic year. I think Diggs is a better version of John Brown, so I think he can be really good in Buffalo. And like the well said, Edelman, Edelman's a bit of a risk, but you know, like I said, having two great quarterbacks who are allowed to take a few swings, and, and that's one of them. And you know, having high volume guys even in half PPR. Kind of gives you a nice floor on those guys as well. And by the way, just so we're mentioning it, people that think that Wisconsin RBs can't catch James White went to Wisconsin. Yeah, and Melvin Gordon so, also. So yeah, they're no. fine with that. <laughs> I would say that I don't think, you know, in, in as people analyze these teams, I don't think you can look at what we did at Whiteout and pick any holes. Because if you think about the structure of, all right, you're not going to take a Whiteout until the sixth round and you're going to go RBs and quarterbacks. If you think about that structure of how we drafted, I don't think we could have had much of a better draft. Like, sure, if stuff would have fallen our way, we could have. Right. But to get McLaurin, Diggs, well, and Edelman, if I told you you're going to have two quarterbacks and three running backs, the thing you can pick apart is the running backs that we took. That can be up for debate because there's two question, you know, two questionable veterans and a rookie in there. That's what you could break apart is how we did it if you want. But I just don't think you can kill the the wide receiver, uh, the wide receivers that we put together. No. Well, and there's two things here is you did get fortunate with the wide receivers, which, and I love throwing this number out. And again, of course, extrapolating any kind of numbers is never the right thing to do, but (laughs) But we're going to do it. We're going to do do it. it. (laughs) I just, we're going to do it, but I just want to throw that caveat out there. If you take the first four games McLaurin had with Case Keenum, 
And then you take the last four when Dwayne Haskins actually started playing well, because we all know how the middle of the season went for Kenyon and the transition to, or to, I was about to say Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> to Dwayne Haskins. Those first four and those last four is eight games. You double up those eight games. McLaurin's season was 78, 1,362 yards and 14 touchdowns. Again, I would never even say he's going to come close to that, 1,314 yeah. touchdowns. But just to give you an idea of the volume he's going to see again this year, because it shouldn't change at all. But I want to go back to one of the things you just said, Chris, and we'll go back to you first and then jump in, Scott. Maybe we'll just close out on this because we're getting a little long here. But is you said not until the sixth round for wide receivers. And I tell people all the time, don't go with – they say, who should I take in the first round when I'm at the 11th pick? And I said, don't go with the preset strategy because you don't know who's going to fall to you. Was – I, did you not care about that and you were just going to take three running backs no matter what because of this? Or is there a wide receiver that could have fallen to you where you I mean, said that was the strategy? Like I, I, I can confidently sit here and be like, there's, it wasn't going to happen, but like, okay, sure. That's what like, we wanted. Yeah. yeah. Here's a test. Bob and I are both very high on DeAndre Hopkins. We, we're not into the, like, he's got to fall extremely down. And Hopkins was there in the second round, and we passed on him. So I feel confident enough to tell you that there is nothing. If Devontae Adams would have been there with the second pick, we probably would have had a, a much deeper conversation. But I think for all things, for all intents and purposes here, we were not going to deviate from two quarterbacks and three running backs in the top five rounds and I know that's weird to say because I, I do agree with you like you want to be flexible in all drafts but we're just you know we mock so much and we've done a lot of these super flex that we know this year wide receivers are falling more than they've ever done and the confidence level of being of getting core running backs and being able to piece together really good wide receivers that was pretty high and it did work out for us uh, at yeah least we feel yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I know not everyone will agree with my picks and I do. I, I did enjoy the Welsh kind of distancing himself. He's like, all right, everybody, this is a Bogman pick of Lev Bell here and, and all that stuff. But uh, I think Lev Bell as an RB3 as a flex option is really, really good. And Welsh, Welsh thinks that too. Uh, you know, I, I'm high on four. I just don't, I don't like bell, but the fifth round, you can't deny like yeah. let bell sitting there in the fifth round with what we've been doing. It, it and just works. think it, if, if Taylor doesn't work out for week one or week two, you know, and we have to kind of bench him, well, we've got, we can put bell in his spot and then we can, you know, put James white in as our flex or Sterling Shepard, or, you know, we have, we have great options here. So I really like the build, but that is the plan. And it's, you know, it's because the wide receiver pool is so deep this year and the running back pool is so shallow. It just makes sense to keep to that, you know, early running back strategy if you possibly can. And by the way, after we took bell in the fifth round, one running back went in the next, like, 12 picks 12 or 13 picks and it was Devin Singletary and then there was another drop off where the sixth round was Ingram and, and Mostert and that so, was it in the sixth round and, I, and yeah. that's one thing Bell represented it. the end of a tier was kind of the point right and and I think that's a good way to look at it too is like I, I've noticed one thing across the five drafts uh, one of them being an auction I mean you can look at the prices to see their relative position to a snake is it seems you hit heavy first two rounds tons of running backs and then three through five it's like scattershot and everybody's going everything else. And then that jumps back again around round six or seven because you get past those 15, 16 running backs and it's just question marks all over the place. It's just yeah. backfields are shared. Rookies coming in. Uh, before I let you guys get out of here, uh, is there anything that you want? Like, uh, I mean, I was asking all the questions. Was there anything about your draft, the draft in general you noticed and 
or anything like that that you want to throw out for everybody advice wise if they're doing drafts in the next couple of weeks? Bogman can take it. Uh, I, I mean, I just in Superflex, I really like the advantage that two really good quarterbacks get you. So, uh, you know, you can't ignore RBs and uh, the wideouts. Just just know that the wideouts are going to be better than the running backs that you have to take pretty much rounds six through like 11. There, there's the wide receivers are just going to be better. So you want wideouts in that scenario more than you want the running backs in that area. So for me. Get your quarterbacks early, get your RBs early, and then take your, your wideouts. That's yeah, my favorite strategy. Chris, I'll, I'll, kind of, I'll take what Scott said, which I completely agree with. Uh, a little bit different. Like I, you know, I, I think the two quarterbacks is very important. Uh, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'll wait a little bit longer if I miss on those, but I'm still in the realm of I want two top-end guys. I don't mm-hmm. want to be playing around with three messes like there's one that i was just in the draft with with like a stafford burrow and tyrod taylor i don't want to come out of super flex with that despite the fact even the value in stafford so we're going to throw it to you this way chris is not on the quarterback side of things in drafts as a whole do you think and you can comment on this too scott do you think zero wide receiver is a viable strategy because i said this year is like i'll give you an example this draft i just did and i'm not like hey look at me but I took, I went Sanders, Chubb. I took Robinson because he was still there in the third. I went Carson because he was still there in the fourth. Quarterback, quarterback. I didn't take my second wide receiver until round seven. And I still came out with Allen Robinson, Devontae Parker, Marvin Jones, and Sterling Shepard. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, 100%, I have to say, of course, yes, because nobody waited longer for the first wideout than our team. You the, guys. The closest was uh, Florio, who waited, I think, until the fifth round. Actually, also uh, Ray, Ray Flowers did as well. And then we waited till the sixth. And then look at the wide receiver core. I mean, it's not sexy, especially if you go and compare it. Like Brad Evans got Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, and, and Adam Thielen. Yeah. Like, we don't compare. But guess what? His two quarterbacks are Mahomes and Daniel Jones. We win. And he's got Dave Montgomery and Mostert. I think we feel more comfortable about that. And it's it's not necessarily about like comparing those things. But in our minds, you can wait. And I would wait because let's just say you just waited till the, the fifth round. Look, at this is the wide receivers that win the fifth round. Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, DJ Chark, AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, and Cortland Sutton. Guess what? You could have gone four picks, whatever you want. One quarterback, two quarterbacks three running backs and a tight end, whatever you want to do and however you set it up, you could get in your first wideout with five and six. If you invested in wideouts, you legitimately could start off with like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf or DJ Chark and uh, DJ Brown, whatever, whatever your flavor, Adam whatever and DJ Chark, you could, f- whatever they, and all is. those guys have top 10 potential. That's the whole point. And that's the whole point. So it's just like, yeah, if, if you consider zero wide receiver strategy, what we did or waiting until the fifth round, I'm a huge proponent of it, especially in Superflex, because look at the freaking talent there. It's there's not a comparison to here are the running backs that went in the fifth round. Devin Singletary and Le'Veon Bell compared to the, all those wideouts I just named in Thielen and Cooper Cup. They're not remotely close. So, yeah, I'm I'm into zero wide receiver. You just my other big thing would just don't get too cute. Don't get cute too cute with anything. Don't get too yeah. cute with waiting on your quarterbacks and being like, oh, I can just I can really piece this together later. Don't get too cute you calling with Chris waiting Ray on your well, <laughs> no, I mean I don't I don't like uh, Well, if you're waiting. gonna end up with Derek Carr and Chetty Bridgewater, maybe you should get called out. I'm just that's saying. not <laughs> my uh that's not how I would construct, but I don't want to get too cute with quarterback. I wouldn't get too cute with that wide receiver situation because how do we wait it any longer? This would be a much different discussion. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, knowing the, the advantages you can take and just don't get too cute. 
I said QX six times. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And uh, I I think your zero wide receiver strategy this year is absolutely uh, what what people should be at least hinting. If you're going to do any sort of strategy that's not BPA or, you know, adjusting to the draft as it comes up, zero wide receiver is it's got to be the one. I don't like this. Can we all go back to fighting when we all agree on stuff? It's not as much fun. <laughs> uh, well, ha- how about on this note, as we get out of here, pork chop sandwiches, Scott Bogman. Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. I like it. It's the second. I, was gonna say I, pork chop sandwich. From you. Uh, I, I, I love these guys. <laughs> as you can tell, it's uh, Scott Bogman, Chris Welsh in this league. Make sure you listen to that podcast. Go support them. Like if, if you enjoy this, go listen to them, go follow them. Um, they're doing great stuff. They're probably doing better stuff than I am at this point. Oh, I wouldn't podcast. say remotely close to that. No, <laughs> I would I say on the personal podcast side. <laughs> I haven't been doing a podcast in three weeks. You guys probably rolling out. Like, Why have you not been doing podcasts? I, just I, I told you that. hiatus size or hiatus C's or hiatus. What are multiple hiatuses? I think hiatuses. Hiatuses. Yeah, I think it was hiatuses. I like hiatus C. I was on hiatuses. What about Why don't hiatus B? That? <laughs> Why don't you unhiatus it? I just did with you guys. What well, I mean, start? like, but more. Like, I, I'm shocked that we were the we were the choice to unhiatus it. I mean, I, I you didn't have to be. I'm sorry, I appreciate hanging out with you guys. Well, we appreciate it's at you, Bogman Sports. At is it the Welsh? Uh, Should have been following you guys sooner. I appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, I'll, I'm off hiatusing for now. <laughs> Next Thank time you, we Jake. Come on. Next time we come on, I want you to open up that Thanos hand. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's code. <laughs>